0: God is doing a mighty thing with us, people. You can't make reverence happen. You can't just just—we're going to be reverent before the Lord today. It's a revelation that you catch and understand the power and who the Almighty God is as you come before Him. And John just shared with me, you know, John the Baptist came saying with the baptism of repentance. But he says, one is going to come who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but he's going to baptize you with fire. God is baptizing us with fire. Because when the fire burns, it awakens, but it also cleanses. It purifies. And as you come to Him with reverence and a humility of heart, knowing that He only disciplines those He loves, if I never disciplined my children and just allowed them to do what they wanted to do, am I being a good father? Never. They try and do what they want to do. (laughs) But because I love them, I create a safe environment, I create boundaries for them, and I discipline them in love. You see, I've realized too, when God is angry, I'm angry with my kids sometimes, but it's never out of the foundation of anger. I want to hurt them. It's out of anger from love. You understand that? That's how God's anger and wrath is towards. from the whole Bible is always foundation in love. We don't understand that. We all just think anger is anger. oh, what well, He's going to smite us. It's out of love. Everything about God is love. And when He's speaking to us clearly and He's calling us, all we need to do is respond and align our hearts with what God is doing in this season. And as we keep pressing in, He will continue pouring out to us. And it's little by little, you keep walking according to how He calls us to walk. And I'm going to preach for 5-10 minutes now quickly, and we're going to do all the other stuff at the end of this meeting. I feel the word that I've got is pertinent to where we're at, what God is doing here with us. And it was out of a, a prophetic utterance that Joe had given to me weeks ago about what his God was doing with us. And then two weeks ago, Thursday night, we were having Golden Thread where we've gathered the worshippers, the prophets, and the intercessors. And we are pressing in to God and declaring it to the heavenlies. And Martin brought the exact same word up. And it was a confirmation of what God is saying to us at this time and in this season. And it's the story of Elisha. And it's 2 Kings, I think it's chapter 14, so I haven't got the chapter down yet. Let me just tell you, if you want to go there, so let me just get there for you. I think it's 2 Kings 14, just hold there. No. Sorry. So I've got it down, but I don't have it in my Elisha's promises. Food? No. Anyway, it's it's in Two Kings. It, it's around Elisha's death, and it says the death of Elisha. Sorry, Two Kings fourteen. Yeah, I was right. So now, when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, the king of Israel, went down to him. And wept before him crying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. What he's referring to there is like Elijah went and to be with the Lord and stuff. He's saying it's the same thing. It's your time. You're going to now be with the Lord. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands, and he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. There's a context here. So what Elisha is getting him to do is a prophetic action. Open the window eastward and shoot this arrow out the window as a symbol and a sign of what God's going to do with you. So the, the sim, sim, symbolism of the eastward window, okay, in ancient times that looking to the east and eastward actually meant things like a four-time antiquity, old times, to that which was before, okay, so what we heard God saying to us in these times, forget the former things, so the eastward is a sign of, don't forget what, don't, don't remember what was, look to what I'm doing now, see that's what He's saying to, Elisha was saying to him now, in, in this time, it's a new era when, Isaiah 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, God gave it to this to me, two and a half, three years ago, we've carried this, I give no, uh, uh, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. He is jealous for our love. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things are now declared. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Has He told us of them? He's told us. He's told us. It's brand us, ready us. Isaiah 43, right off that. Remember, not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not realize it? Do you see what he's doing in these times? See, the, the east also speaks of the rising of a new day. The sun rises in the east. That's that way. And you see it coming over the mountains in the morning. It's beautiful. So one of the things that I said as we started the meeting is that what took place yesterday, you see, is gone. You can't get it back. The consequences of yesterday will carry you. Okay, but that's a new day. We can see, and we don't, we don't, we don't live life from this side of going. That was over. Let's start afresh. It's actually setting a standard, and so right in the beginning in Genesis, how God set an order in place with the day. He says, "This is the line." It says, "You've seen Genesis a lot." It Says, "There was evening, and then morning." The first day, the day starts last night. We all have our clocks and times that we work out, but your day began last night. You want a better day today? Go to bed early. It starts there. Pain in the night? Joy in the morning. His mercies are new every morning. So there's an analogy there. Whatever darkness, whatever valley, whatever you're walking through, morning always comes. Mercy always comes and is poured out to you. But you have to walk through that. You've got to go through those struggles. You've got to go through these things that we felt this morning was, for me, was a, almost God saying, in a way, you want to feel what this feels like when you do it on your own. You want to try, you want to try this stuff on your, without me. Let's see what it feels like. It's not like, eh? You don't want to do any of this without God. And His mercies are new to us every morning. Okay? And a new dawn is dawning upon the church in this hour and this time. Not just us, it's happening around the nations of the world. There's a guy, Lou Engel in the, in the States, who he said I was asked, if I was asked one question of what I could ask of people to do and for a move of God to come, he said, I would ask them to do a Jesus fast and to put 40 days aside. And he's called a global fast because it's not because of who he is, but it's because the times we're in. And what God is saying to us is as His people respond to me. Respond to what I am doing in this season. And we have our rhythms in this church and we've done our 21 days. And God's spoken to us but He's continuing speaking to us. And we abide to His voice as He leads and He guides us. You see the flourishing and the victory of the church that we say is not this abstract statement of like the church is arising. And it's this time, this season, this new dawn that's coming into. What is the church? It's you and me. It's you arising. It's you standing in power. It's you being an overcomer. It's you having the courage of the gospel of the kingdom inside of you. It's you being not ashamed of the gospel anymore. It's you standing on the truth of the word. It's saying no to these human rights people that want just everything their own way based upon what they want. Not upon the word of God. That's, that's what it is. not just this abstract thing of the churches arising. It's you and me are arising in the scene and that word flourish we wanted the church to flourish flourish is actually a good word it speaks of you know things animals plants living organism but people as well grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way think about the church growing in a healthy and a vigorous way especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment this is a favorable environment for you to flourish on the things of god and for you to become the answer to your workplace. For you to become an answer to your community. For you to arise and shine with what God's placed in you. So that first part of him shooting the arrow out eastward is forget what was. Put it aside. Forget your past. The enemy can only remind you of your past. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he trips us there all the time. Yeah, but you see, you know, Craig, you know, I know what you were. I know what you were. Yeah, I check your lives. And what you do, oh, yeah, no, no, no. no, man, given the truth, I'm not that anymore. And that's the arising of who you are in the Almighty God. And then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria, for you shall fight the Syrians in Epic until you have made an end of them. So the whole shooting of the arrow was a sign of victory that God was giving to the people of Israel. Us forgetting the former things, allowing God to speak to us and work in this time is a sign of His victory over us that we are rising in this. And then Elisha said to him, take the arrows and he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with him. So you can imagine he's holding four, five, six arrows in his hand and he struck the ground three times. One, two, three and stopped. And then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you made an end of it. But now you, now you will strike down Syria only three times. Okay, so what happened in that action there? And I really feel this is, it was a test that he didn't know he was in. <laughs> Do You know that, and I've preached on this here before, that you don't know you've been tested until you fail or pass in life as God speaks to us you don't know until you're actually in it sometimes think, then you've got to ask I think I'm being tested here and there's the response and how you respond to what God is doing you don't know until you push through it and his action w- determined the outcome okay there's a difference in acting and doing things in the flesh and doing things by the spirit okay so has some passages John 3 6 says that that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus about you needing to go back into your mother's womb. He's like, well, how do I do this? He's speaking of being born again. Flesh births flesh. Spirit births the spirit. Galatians 6.8 says, The one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh, which is corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So yeah, I think what happened here is the, a- the action of the king hitting the arrow three times in the ground was he was only doing because he was told to do it. Do we live our Christian walks by me telling you what to do all the time? You will remain immature and keep sucking on that bottle and drink milk your whole life. If you're waiting for me to tell you what to do, Happy sucking. So the king just did what he was told to do. Okay, I'll strike the ground, whatever. Which in a sense you can say he was just doing it in the flesh. I'm just being told to do do it here. And what we also do is that when we act out the flesh and we do things for God, essentially what we're saying is, Jesus, look what I'm doing for you. And we want some kind of response from Jesus to kind of affirm what we're doing in life when we're doing things for affirmation. You can't do anything more to him to love you more, okay? You can't fail enough for Him to love you less. His love remains the same. It's the same yesterday and forever. Okay, it doesn't change. We fluctuate up and down. Oh, does He love me today? I'm not sure. I did yesterday. Your position. You can never impress God. (laughs) You just have to be obedient to what He's calling you to do. So what happened here last week? We had a powerful time here going through the Lord's Prayer. I know chains were broken off. I know demonic powers were set free and over people's lives and hearts. God did a deep work in hearts. I saw many of you, many of you being moved. Even today, God's moving in a depth of our hearts here. But we have to take what He gives us and build upon it. Not just go, okay, that was now the the next thing and we kind of weirdly just move on but don't actually regard what God is doing with us here. Like I mentioned to you earlier, is that the thing of getting back into old habits of thinking old habits and actions that draw you into a place where you constantly feel you've got to keep affirming and come to the cross all the time of the things of God. Yes, that's the power of what it is. But if you're going to keep in that cycle, you're going to be ineffective for the kingdom of God. And this is what God is saying to us in this time. He's calling us deeper. He's calling us higher. And this whole action of, and so what I'm trying to say there is that your posture and the positioning of your mind, body, and spirit is your victory posture and position is your victory if you're constantly going oh woe is me that's not a good posture it's victorious an ambassador for the living king i had a very interesting dream yesterday morning and i woke up and i dreamt that i was in some kind of shop and store but there was this like it was looked like two bricks in the middle of the floor that seemed to be some kind of holy symbol for this person that ran this shop there was nothing in the store just was this light blue kind of color all the way around And this guy, Randy's figure, and I remember standing over this brick and saying, "Mm, all power that you think you possess and stuff, i break your power. And I release the spirit of Jesus in this place. And And I set a tone and I set in my dream, I set an atmosphere in this room. And then I was sitting talking with somebody and they were like, wow, it's different here. What happened? And I was explaining, well, this is what happened. You see, there are principalities and powers. And this is how it plays out. But we have with Jesus inside by the power of the Spirit to dictate and set an order of what takes place in the surroundings. When we go into places, and she was like, wow, that's amazing. And then ask that fatal question I have to deal with with people all the time. What do you do for a living? And I've actually decided what I'm going to start doing with people. When they ask me that question, I'm going to go, okay, what I'm going to do is I play a game with you now. Okay, I'll play a game with people so that I, when I tell you what I do, okay, now not some exotic a uh, dancer or something that you think i might be i have the physique for that but i won't do it in front of you okay but as i tell you what it is i want to know what your very first thought is okay and i want you to tell me what that is so i'm going to play this game with people so they're going to say i'm going to and i'm a pastor and i want to know your very first thought because that's going to create the conversation but you don't look like a pastor ah, but what does a pastor look like see so i'm going to create anyway so this is my dream and i thought it was a very interesting dream that I had, but I thought this is the reality of what God is calling us into is that wherever we go, you see, you carry the power and the anointing of the living God to set an atmosphere, to set things in order. And I want to challenge you now with this and I'll get back to this three striking on the ground. You might, some of you might go home to a very difficult circumstance. That circumstance and that environment, whatever it is in the house, does not dictate to your joy. You get the opportunity to set the tone in that pre- in that place. Now I want to challenge you this afternoon. Going home, carrying joy in your heart, you carry you go and set an order in the spirit over that place. Because it takes courage, it takes the belief of what you carry. Okay, and when your flesh to responds to the despair in the environment around you, you kind of you fall into you come under that. But when you start seeing things with spiritual eyes okay, and you see the work of the enemy and you see him operating, you get the choice and you get the option to work in the opposite spirit. And that's where the freedom comes. That's where the breakthrough comes. That's where life is. But you actually have to do it. You can't just sit there and go, oh, all of this. You've got to put it in order. That's what's my dream. I walked in there and I set the tone. The atmosphere changed, right. And the, actually what the shop guy said to me, stop, stop. Because something has shifted in what he was holding power over something, something shifted. You see, so you can get into environment shift. I want to challenge you all that you go to. Who goes to work tomorrow morning? So only 30% of you work. Wow. We need to preach on finances. Okay. You all go to work tomorrow and you have a choice. And now you set the tone in that place. And I, I I want to put it to you. Walk in there with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and walk in and set the order in the Spirit. It's not taking it out on your boss. Say, so look here, Chana, today, today, things are going to be different, eh? And you're carrying your Bible under your arm and say, today's a new day. Like my dad always said, this okay there was so spiritual and he's working so hard there. And he says, you know, he's doing all the spiritual stuff, talking to people in the office and praying. And he says, well, I work for the Lord. And my dad said to him, well, let the Lord pay your salary at the end of the month, pal. So you've got to do your job. You've got to be diligent at your work. You've got to, Paul and Peter always speak about these being, you know, as slaves to your masters and honoring them honor the people in your workplace but in the spirit you set the tone walk in there and set an order tomorrow morning because if you come under it you'll stand under it that's what God's calling us to rise and I believe this move of God we speak about revival and God moving with us part of it is not going to be more meetings it's not going to be more meetings we're going to have you in revival and just going to yes God's going to pour out to us but part of this revival is a kingdom people being released into every part of society and setting the order in parliament, in business, in government, in family, everywhere we set the tone. And you know what? You can't do it unless you believe it. Until you actually say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm so tired of how things operate in this area and how we operate and how we work, and you set the order. And you know what? Well, you just got to walk in and pray in tongues and speak. And then what you do, when you start seeing with spiritual eyes, you start becoming aware and open to the realm of the enemy. He then gets exposed. And you're like, mm, I see you despair. I see you. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna declare hope over this place this morning, and I'm gonna come in the opposite spirit. And I could see you lust, I could see you wickedness, all these things in the office, you see them, and you dictate the opposite spirit, and you live the opposite spirit. Watch what will happen. Are you believing me? That's what God's calling us to do. This is a season and he's arise. That's why he's breaking our hearts here. <laughs> That's why he's breaking our hearts. Here's the thing, the, the king strikes the ground three times. And why I'm saying it's like in the flesh that he did that. Because we often just do things like, oh, okay, well, let's just do that. And you do that. When you walk into your office in the flesh and just think, oh, well, this is what it is, you will come under it. When you walk in doing things in the spirit, you will recognize what's going on and you set an order and you set a place, you set the tone and the atmosphere, what happens in that place. If the king. He said it struck at five or six times God would have delivered them from Syria. And right at the end of that passage, it speaks about the son who was fighting that he says, and they fought and they came and took them. And then so and so died and the king died they came back. And it said that three times Joash defeated him and recovered the cities of Israel. They only got three back. And according to what he had said in place. So I want to tell you as a people this morning, how desperate or how more determined are you to live for the things of God Or that you just do it like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Let's see how much God will do here. One, two, three, okay. Elisha was angry with him because he didn't do it in the spirit. He didn't do it from a place of, yes, we will find deliverance. Come on, come on. Come on, yes, we want deliverance. We want deliverance. See the difference? When you're doing it in the spirit, there's a rising inside of you that you're doing it beyond your own ability. You are doing it with the understanding of all things are possible. It looks impossible, but God, you will deliver us. You will deliver us. So when it comes to you and and things that you're walking through in every day of your life, and the enemy comes to tempt you, and things happen in your world, how determined are you to walk free? Yeah, no, no, I had a great day on Sunday. It's like I feel so good with God again. Wednesday, here we go again. Sunday comes, and I'm like, hallelujah, Jesus is worthy. How determined are you to walk free from these things? We've spoken over and over and over and over in this place about the freedom and how you live and His mercy and His grace. We understand this is not condemnation. This is arising with an army and saying, people, it's time to arise. It's time to stand with the power of Christ inside of you and not let the victories of the enemy pull you down all the time, but the victory of Jesus stand over you and let you be free and walk in, in life and power. So in your own life, how are you striking the ground? How are you saying to that temptation, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more? Or just, ach, yeah, I, like it, I mean, just, just a little bit, yeah? Okay, I feel fine now. There's a determination. I've been, also, sorry, Ilana. I, I've also been toying with to, like the, the word of desperate and also determined. Because the thing is, I, I, I don't live desperate for Jesus. Because oh, Jesus, 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 because desperate means no hope. Okay, I'm full of hope that my Jesus, the King of kings, rules and reigns in my heart and life. I have tasted of His grace. I know His mercy to me. That's what empowers me every day. But when you look at South Africa, you are desperate. See the difference? I'm determined to live for the things of God and live for Him. But when we cry out for a nation, it's out of desperation because it's wicked. There's a rule and reign. So, for your own heart, it's not desperation. It's from a p- place of determination to live for the things of God. But when we cry for this nation, you have to be, de- you have to be desperate. So, when you pray for South Africa, you're one, two, three, oh Lord, just heal this nation. Jesus, come on. Yeah, thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. Like Amen. Jesus. Th- there's the difference. God, redeem this nation. Pour out your spirit in measures that people arise and know who you are. See the difference? That's what he's calling us to. Thursday night, two weeks ago, when we prayed over how was it wasn't by chance that we were then, when all the action blew out in Fregront, the booklet that we're going through 21 days is praying for Fregront and for Sozo. You know, I tell Anton often, we can't make this stuff up. You can't plan the stuff. It just It's in the Spirit as God does it with us. But we prayed here on Thursday night. We declared in the heavenlies. We spoke things over this area because we battle not against flesh and blood. We know the names of the trouble causes in the area. But we don't take it out on them. We take it on the spiritual realm. And we declare to that realm. And there were many reports that I heard that was the most peaceful weekend in Freygrond in a long time. Yet my action might come again. You know why this action's happening? Because we're taking ground in the spirit. And Saturday, we're going to gather here again as first fruits. And there's a determination in our hearts that as we position ourselves before the Almighty, that my life and all that I live for is secondary to the purposes of the Almighty God. Being a watchman on the wall, saying, Father, I position myself before you. I come with a humble heart, crying out to you and praying for different people, praying for different things. It's a position. That's all he's looking for. But the church for too long has sat back and been entertained and just said, Oh, this is great. I feel good. And there's a line I've got here that I remember. i must give this one to you. Don't settle for what the flesh is comfortable with. We settle too quickly. Uh, Like, I feel better with God now. Okay. And we hold back. Push through, push through. Here's the thing. When you live by the Spirit, and this is Galatians 5, 16 says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you see that smacking of the arrow as a prophetic action to the determination in your heart to overcome, to stand in freedom. That verse that I read earlier, that you have not struggled in your sin to the point of shedding blood. Who's shed blood here over conviction or over the the struggle of temptation of sin in your life? Anyone? Who did? Your Lord and Savior, dealing with the temptation of forsaking the cross. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Shedding blood with the pressure of him having to fight through this fleshly desire to walk away from the cross. But what did he do? He pushed through for us, folks. There was a determination. He didn't smack the ground a few times with that arrow as a symbol of what this, he pushed right through. And the pain that he went through was for your freedom, was for your victory. That's why we stand on that now. So when you when you don't settle for what the flesh is comfortable with, the flesh will tell you, "Okay, it's fine. You've been spiritual enough now. Turn it down, pal." It does, because there's not a drive and a determination, because everything else distracts, and we just, "Okay, I've done enough. I've done enough." But if you want to walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It's inside of you, and then you will walk in freedom. That was I was trying to explain the other week, the context of the mind and the soul. And the spirit being these three kind of parts that you're made up of. You live from that place. When you live from the soul, you're tossed between the two. Your souls renewed in God. but you live from the spirit, there's power. There's freedom. That's where he's asking us to be. When you live from that place and you walk into your workplace, you set the order. I don't care if you're the clerk that's hobbing on the low regions. In the spirit, you are higher than everybody else in that place. And you partner with other believers in this place and say, together we're going to stand. There's a different order. There's a different kind of order in the spiritual realm don't take your earthly position and and assign it to what your heavenly position is that's a good word right there (sighs) so i just want to pray over us as god's done a great work with us this morning and then we're going to do a few family things just to wrap up here today and you know what we're trying to not trying to do is wring a rag of getting everything out you know exactly what god's done with us this morning He's called us out, saying, my children, respond to me what I'm doing in this season. Respond to me what I'm doing in this new era that the church is walking into. I have given you all you need for life and godliness, the power to overcome, not to walk in the cycle of up and down all the time, but you walk steadily before the Almighty. And Father, I thank you that as you've broken our hearts here this morning, As you're wooing us, you're drawing us deeper and closer into all that you've got for us. Lord, we walk with a determination in our hearts to serve the Almighty with everything that we have. I pray strength and courage to every heart here as they go home and maybe are dealing with difficult circumstances. I pray strength and courage to hearts that go into workplaces and it's a tough environment. I thank you, Lord, that they are the head, not the tail. I thank you that they stand above These circumstances, now pray, strength into every heart. Help to overcome by the power of your blood, the power of your word that we walk by. So Jesus, we humbly submit to you. We surrender our lives to you, almighty God. And we say, have your way with me. Have your way with me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.